You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse, and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get Women of the Military podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show onto all the apps people like to listen to? How much will it cost to get started? And how will I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go for it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Elena and I met through blogging. I actually got to have dinner with her in South Dakota while my family was PCSing from California to Virginia. And then we met up again at the Military Influencer Conference in Orlando last September. I have been working to get her to be on the podcast pretty much since I found out she was an Air Force veteran. And I'm really excited to learn more about her experience in the military. Elena served in the Air Force for four years. She started her military journey as a military spouse and then joined active duty years later. She served in the medical field while in the military and got out so she could start her family. Her husband still serves on active duty. She has now transitioned into the natural health field and owns a business teaching people about natural ways to take care of themselves and their families. She's also passionate about military spouse community and runs an online community called Mills. I'm so excited to interview today and hear more about your military story. Thank you so much for having me. I've been wanting to join you and and get to chat and hang out for a long time too. So this is really exciting. So I'm going to start with how did you meet your husband? Oh, yay. So my husband and I have been together a really long time. We actually met in high school. So we're high school sweethearts. We've been together since I was 17. So uh, a long time and he, uh, I was actually working at a little hamburger stand and he came in and we met each other. And then a few days later, he came in and brought me flowers and asked me out on a date. (laughs) And we have been together ever since. And when did he join the Air Force? Yeah. So we have this plan. It was like, all right, you're going to start here at community college in our local town and I will finish up high school and then I'll go to the community college and then we'll go away to our four-year college together. And we were like planning all this stuff. So then, you know, partway through his first year of college, he was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to join the military. So little did I know he actually had already quit school. (laughs) He was just already on that path. Like he was, he was gone like moving towards it and I was just like whoa wait a minute I don't know anything about this military life I don't that doesn't that doesn't fit into my plan and so it was it was interesting (laughs) and so he went active duty and then how did you guys end up together 
Yeah. So he went out to duty shortly after I graduated. So he left the fall after I graduated from high school and I stayed home and I went to college. We were already engaged, which of course, you know, like being teenagers, our parents were thrilled being sarcastic there. I'm laughing. (laughs) They were like, what are you doing? But I was like, we know what we're doing now as a mom. Because if my kid came to me like that, I'd be like, what are you doing? So anyways, but he left and went and joined the Air Force and I stayed home and went to college. And then the following summer, uh, we got married. And then you decided after getting married that you wanted to join the Air Force too. So how did that happen? Yeah, so I joined literally almost exactly five years, like one week off, like five years, almost to the date from when he joined. So we got married. Our first duty station was North Carolina. So I left and went, you know, we got married and went over there. And I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, I left college. This is a whole new life. I'd never been on a military base trying to figure out what do I want to do. And I always just have been that kind of person who's like, doing something. So I decided to get my cosmetology license. I've always enjoyed doing hair. So I, I went and did that. But then I was, I was working at that and I was just kind of like, you know, I like this, but it's not, it's not, I don't love it. So I had always wanted to be in the medical field. And so I decided to go back to school for that. And so I started doing my schooling while I was working as a cosmetologist. And then my husband, which we, you know, kind of, we're always talking about his career and what, what does he want? Where does he want to go? Um, he was working on the flight line. He was weapons troops. So he was loading bombs on fighter jets and just not really something he wanted to do forever. You know, he went in mechanical open and put down a whole bunch of jobs that he thought sounded cool on paper. <laughs> And got one and then, you know, actually doing it, he's kind of like, you know, this isn't what I want to do forever. I want a skill that I can use, you know, outside of the military. So we looked into cross training options for him and he ended up cross training into air traffic control. So I was going to school back when to school for nursing and he was cross, he ended up cross training into air traffic control and we got obviously a new duty assignment out of that. So uh, then we moved to Idaho. So we were in North Carolina and then we moved to Idaho and Idaho, if any of you guys are familiar with Mountain Home, it is a teeny tiny little base out in the middle of nowhere. The town that is it's hooked to is Mountain Home and there's only about 11,000 people. It's very small and the closest town is about an hour away. It's Boise. So you have to commute if you want to go finish your education. And so that was was kind of just like, I felt really stuck. I felt like I was making really good momentum in North Carolina. I finished up my two-year degree and I was super excited and ready to, to finish it off. And we got stationed in Idaho. We're just like, what is this? So I was like, hey, you know, if you can join the military, I'm like, I could totally do that. So I actually, I mean, I had just had this crazy thought and honestly, our entire marriage, I bring crazy ideas to my husband and he is just like, who are you? (laughs) So I was like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking like I could join the air force and you know, I could get money for school and I could, you know, get into the medical field that way and just start getting my, getting my hands dirty with what I want to do. And so that's kind of where it started was in Idaho after we moved there. 11,000 is super tiny because I was in a town of 30,000 and it was really tiny. So that's like, yeah, we had nothing. We had like some fast food places and like a grocery store and Walmart and like, that's it. That's Boise for everything. (laughs) That's crazy. So when you decided to join the Air Force, you had to go to boot camp and then obviously tech school. 
and then somehow get stationed together. So how did that all play out? Right. So yeah, going in, meeting with the recruiter, he first was like, do you have kids? <laughs> we're like, nope. Because that was like a big, like they didn't want you to join if you had kids and figuring all that out from the start. So they kind of deterred that. So uh, to both be in. And so they were just like, okay, he didn't seem super excited at the process because we sort of came in and we're kind of like, okay, this is what we want. <laughs> And they more so want people to come in and say, this is what I want to do. And then they kind of guide them. But we kind of came in because, you know, we had a good five-year understanding in the military and was like, okay, this is what I want out of it. This is the direction I want to head. This is the kind of job I want to do. <laughs> and it, then he is like, he's like, no, no, that's not, that's not how this works. But, you know, just having that five-year connections with people and getting to know people and getting to know people that have some influence, you know, we were able to kind of go in there with a few cards in our hand and sort of work some things to get into the medical field for me because they they really they love the phrase oh just go in open general and then just put that at the top of your list yeah you'll be good so it was funny because we worked it all out with the local recruiter he's like okay all right yeah you know you know who to talk to you got the names of the people that can help you out all right so fine you can go in and sign up at, at met you know with with your medical job that you want so I go there and I, I jump through all the hoops and it's just a big, you know, there's people with all, all branches of the military are there and they're working through everything. And I am a Wilson. So I'm at the end of the list. So first you, you pass all the medical stuff and then you sit down with the recruiter and you pick your job at the big MEP station. And so I sit down with him and he's like, you know, oh no, 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 you can't, you don't get to do that. No you go in open general and put that on your list. And I had actually already sworn in because it was, it was past the end of their duty day. They were just ready to go. And I did all that. And then he's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And I said, well, I'm like, this is, this is what I, what I brought in here. This is what I was told. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And he's like, no, it's not going to work. And I was like, well, maybe this isn't going to work for me then. <laughs> and then somehow pulled some strings, was able to put down my top medical jobs. And I got the one that I, I wanted found out a little bit later that I got that one. But um, anyway, so it's just kind of one of those processes where they really want to steer you in a certain direction. And, you know, you got to go in there with what you want to do and be sure <laughs> what you want to do. So I got all that done and I went into the delayed entry program and then got my date to leave. Oh, and it's nice too, again, just kind of knowing people that have been through the process. People could walk me through, what's basic training going to be like? I actually want some of our really good friends. He was a basic training instructor. So he was a TI and he was like, you know, we sat down for like three hours and he's like, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do that. He was like walking around his living room like, okay, this is what the chow hall is like and here's what you do and here's what you don't do. And you know, he was like literally walking me through it and it was, it was so helpful. So I feel like I kind of knew somewhat of what to expect when I went in there, which was just awesome. So yeah, I went and did all of that and then I went to tech school. So I went to Texas and Vegas. So I had like two parts to my tech school and then it was so old. And my first tech school, they were like, congratulations, you have orders to Travis. Well, I was like, well, my husband's in mountain home. <laughs> How is this going to work? And so it turns out, you know, they coded it wrong. They didn't have me in as, as 
mill to mill, uh, even though I had, you know, wrote down that we were mill to mill and they were, you know, paying a separation pay and all that kind of stuff. You know, somehow they were like, oh, you're going to a different base. So I had to kind of jump through some of those hoops. And I was like, we had kind of wanted to get out of Mountain Home. And so I was like, okay, hey, we want mill to mill, but we want to go to Travis. <laughs> and then it was like a week later, they were like, congratulations, you're going to Mountain Home. <laughs> Dang it. Right? I was like, oh, okay. But it was a huge blessing, honestly. It, it really, really was. So I went and did my phase one, which is all the classroom stuff and, and some of the hands-on and using mannequins and stuff. And then you go to phase two where you do like the real hands-on patient care, you know, starting IVs, blood draws, all that kind of stuff. So that was really, really a neat experience. And then I went back and was stationed at Mountain Home. So I was gone for about 10 months. We did get to see each other at Christmas for the Christmas break, and that was really nice. But yeah, gone for about 10 months. So long separation. And that that's interesting because a couple weeks ago, I did a podcast episode, and she went in open general and wanted to go in the medical career, and they gave her security forces. <laughs> and she wasn't able to cross-train into the medical because you have to start in the medical career field if you want to be yes. there. They want to steer you to open general. They really, really do. That makes it easiest for them because mm -hmm. then they put you where the need is. And that is fantastic. But if you really have some goals for yourself, then that is, that's going to be a, a tougher route to go for sure. So now you're in the military, you've done your tech school and you guys are stationed together. What kind of med tech were you? I was a 4NO, so aerospace, medical services, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I got my EMT license in tech school. Our job is such a wide range of things that you can do, which is awesome, you know, because you, you don't get bored. There's always stuff to do, uh, different things to do and, and stuff like that. So I actually, at the time, was just like, oh my goodness, with the schedule that they were about to give me, but I actually got put in labor and delivery slash inpatient unit. So basically, I was kind of like an LPN, so licensed practical nurse, where I started IVs, I you know, recovered babies after birth. I gave shots. I could give some meds. I could, you know, I could do a lot of stuff there and I got to learn a lot. I got to be around amazing people. It was really, really awesome. So there's a wide range. I also worked urgent care while I was there. I did ambulance duty and then I finished up in kind of more clinic setting, which was an OBGYN. And that is a much kind of regular schedule, like Monday through Friday, clinic hours, but you definitely don't get nearly the hands-on you do <laughs> when you're working inpatient. So I'm just, I'm super thankful for getting to start out in that cool environment from the beginning. We also got to learn a lot about surgeries where, and again, every hospital is unique. It's just what, what is the need of that hospital? And ours was a really small hospital. And we actually had to learn what the surgical techs did as well too. So I had to learn how to gown up all completely sterile. I had to learn how to open a sterile field, how to set up all the instruments and how to basically do their job, like how to pass instruments sterilely, know what they all are, know what they need, all that kind of stuff. Because surgical clinic was only open obviously during duty hours. Well, if we have an emergency C-section in the middle of the night, someone has to know that job and what to do. So, I mean, I just got to learn so much more beyond just my initial job that was, it was awesome. And then you left the military because you guys wanted to start your family and it was just too complicated. 
my schedule was crazy. You know, we worked 13 to 15 hour shifts, like 13 on a, on a good day. Cause you had to come in early. So we had to come in, in our full uniforms. And even on blues Monday, I had to put on my pantyhose just to come in and change into scrubs immediately. So you had to come in in enough time to change your clothes and then sit down and get reports. So you had to find out all the patients that were on the floor, what was going on with them. So you could basically seamlessly take over your shift. So it was 7am to 7pm or 7pm to 7am. We switched from days to nights every couple of months. So your body was just like, I do not know what's going on. And, you know, if people were having babies and there was like a lot going on, it was overload. You know, sometimes a lot of women want to have babies at the same time. You know, you had to stay until the next crew could handle the workload, you know? So it was, it was a lot. And I can't imagine trying to have a family. And there was people that, that had families because we had a lot of mill to mill in that environment. And I was honestly amazed at the people that could do it with kids because childcare, I cannot even imagine trying to juggle that with that kind of unpredictable workload. And then also like switching your shifts all the time. Like if you're working night shift, then trying to be awake with your kids during the day on your days off. And you know, that I just was in awe of the people that could pull all of that off. And, but when we decided, okay, hey, you know, we've been married for seven and a half years. Let's, you know, let's think about starting a family now. I was just kind of like, you know, I felt like I needed to be the stable one. You know, he was, he'd already been deployed once since I was in and I was super highly deployable being medical, we would go with the army or Marines or whoever needed us. You know, we didn't go as a group. We just went by ourselves where the need was. And it was definitely going to be coming for me as well too. So it was like, okay, can we both be gone at the same time? There's the whole family care plan thing. Who are you willing to hand your kids to in a moment's notice type of a thing? So it was just, it was just too much to juggle. And I felt like I needed to be the stable one. He'd already been in five years longer than me. And honestly, he was a little bit better at being in the military than I was. I'm like, you go finish. I will be the stable one. Did you face any struggles besides like working long hours and having a crazy schedule while serving in the military? That was probably one of the big ones was the whole schedule shift and changing at a moment's notice. There would be different trainings and stuff that we would have to do and keep up with. And those were obviously all during the day. So sometimes you would be working night shift and then all of a sudden you'd have to switch your body over to day shift and do like a, you know, a CPR training or a neonatal resuscitation class or something like that during the day and then switch back to night shift for two days later. So that was, it was hard on your body. It really was. And then too, I think, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of up in the air with what your, what your leadership is going to look like, what your supervisors are going to look like. And and with ours, you know, I was actually in, in a situation where our only NCO of the entire unit deployed. He really liked to deploy. And so he would volunteer for everything. So he, he left and we, we had no NCOs, you know, we were enlisted and we had zero NCOs. My supervisor, which she was amazing, was the lieutenant. And honestly, that was probably, that was a big blessing. She, she imparted a lot of really great stuff into my life, but we just, we didn't have the leadership. We didn't have 
the supervisors that were like, hey, what are your goals and how can I help you do that? How can I help you become the best version of yourself? How can I help you sort of step up into what you want to be or what I see in you? How can I bring the best that's in you out? You know, that's kind of what I picture what real leadership should be like as I've learned a lot of that in my business now, but it just didn't exist. And it was more just like checking boxes. Did you get done what you needed to get done? Is the work being done? Are you staying out of trouble type of a thing? But it really wasn't, you know, let me help map out your career. Where do you go? What do you want to be? You know, what's your final destination? It was, it was none of that. It was just checking boxes is what it felt like a lot too. So I was just, that was just kind of one of those struggles. It was like, yeah. I think I'm ready to move on a little. You had such good resources going into the military. And then once you got and I've noticed that from my husband's career is like, someone will be like, well, someone should have told you to do this then, but they didn't tell you. And like, how are you supposed to know? When did you get pregnant and have kids? Did that happen all at the same time or did it happen later? <laughs> all at the same time. It was like, all right, time to start a family. Let's do this. <laughs> So I actually, so I was pregnant while I was in the military, and that is actually why I was, I mean, pregnant women did obviously work the the labor and delivery unit and do all that kind of stuff. I had already been working there a few years, though, so it was kind of ready for me to transition to a new like a, we call it a PCA where you're like moving duty sections and doing a different job type of a thing. So I was kind of ready to to slow down a little bit with it. So my first few months, I was still worked labor and delivery. And then I transitioned over into OBGYN. And then I got out the beginning of January and I had our daughter at the end of January. And then two weeks later, middle of February, we got orders across the country. So my transition out of the military was kind of, it was not what I expected. I went from, you know, having sort of this purpose, being a part of something, putting my uniform on every day, which I'm super proud to do, to all of a sudden, I was home, I had a brand new baby, we had her early, we had her like a month early too, so I had a baby before I was expecting to have a baby, and then all of a sudden it was, hey, you're moving across the country, we just bought a house, all these things, so everything was sort of dumped on my plate at one time, and it was a big transition, my life literally did a 180 and then we're living across the country and we're starting over again. This time I'm a mom. You know, I had this community of amazing people that I had known for years and now I had to start over again, which I'd done that before, but it's just, it's this new feeling, especially when you're a new mom and trying to figure all that out. And it was, it was a lot. It was a lot for me emotionally that I had to work through a lot of stuff with that. Yeah. I wish someone would have been like, Hey, you're getting out of the military. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. And I would still go to the hospital for like, you know, pediatric appointments. Mm -hmm. And it was like this thing that was continuing on and I was no longer a part of it. You know, I was like an outsider in, in my work environment now. And that was really weird. You know, it'd be different if, if you're just like, you never went to that building again. Right. <laughs> like going to this building as like a civilian. And I'm like this, it, it was weird. <laughs> it yeah. was hard. Do you have any advice for anyone who's getting out of the military to like how to prepare for the transition? Yeah, but there's programs that like the Air Force has and I didn't know about them. <laughs> That's so, the I, lack of leadership. Right? I know, I know. And I, I hate to, to trash it or bad talk it because I know that, you know, it's just there's 
everyone's kind of dealing with their own struggles, but Mm -hmm. I did not know about it, you know, before I got out and you can do it after you get out, but I also had this baby. So they have things like taps and stuff like that, that you can go to for like a week and sort of learn the things that are out there, the the programs that are out there, kind of learn how to transition. I didn't know how to transition. I still don't even know if I am probably someone who's qualified to give advice on transitioning. I don't know. Hang on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's good, I think, to sort of have somewhat of a plan when you get out, you know, bef- like plan that before you get out. Don't just get out and say, well, I'll figure it out when I get out. Cause then you start to have to deal with sort of some of the emotional things that are going to come up because you're sort of in this place where you've been going, 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 and then it's just empty space, you know? So plan it before you get out and you don't have to know your entire path, but like have some steps that you can start taking. Do you want to go back to school? Are you going to be looking for a job? You know, those are things that you can set up before you get out. So then it's a little bit smoother of a transition and it's going to be unpredictable and you have to just be ready to go with the flow. I did not plan on when we were getting out that we were going to be PCS and moving across the country, you know? So there's always going to be unexpected things that come up and just being ready to go with the flow and kind of some of our training when we're in is that something comes up and you have to adapt to that. So, you know, hang on to that and, and find a community, you know, if you're transitioning into becoming a military spouse, you know, there's some amazing communities. I mean, I might know of one, one really awesome one. I was oh. just going to ask you about it. So you can talk a little bit about Mill Spouse Tribe and what it is. <laughs> and if you're not, if you're not transitioning into a spouse, like there's tons of like veterans communities. They're going to have awesome resources. Tap into a community so you don't feel like you're doing this on your own because you're not. There's all of us that have all either been there or are going through it with you. So jump into a community and surround yourself with people that can help you. Mill Spouse Tribe. So I was a spouse. Then I was active duty and then I was a spouse again. And I am so proud of all of the hats that I have worn. Like, I don't think that there is one that is better than the other. They're both very different and both awesome. Like, I'm super passionate about the military spouse community. I'm really passionate about community in general. I think, you know, doing life together with other people and a lot of people that have either are in your shoes or have been in your shoes, I think is such a valuable resource. There's people you can lean on when you're having a bad day or places where you can ask questions and get information. I mean, how cool with this age of technology that we're in that you can learn about a place that you're going before you ever even get there. Like to me, that takes off so much anxiety Mm -hmm. and stress of this crazy life that we live that you can hop onto a place like Mill Spouse Tribe and say, hey, we just got orders here. Tell me about it. What's there? You know, what are the schools like? Where should we live? You can get that information right away. Or if your husband's deployed or your spouse is deployed and you're, you know, you're struggling, man, we've had people post some really raw, honest stuff and the love that pours out onto these people like just gives me goosebumps like it's a it's a really cool community to be a part of yeah and if you're not a military spouse and you're looking for tribes or something LinkedIn is a great way to get connected with veteran organizations because there's so many on there and it's really easy to connect with veterans because most of the time it's in there like little title and so you can just start connecting with more veterans and that's what that's what I've been doing so I have one last question what would you tell girls who are considering joining the military I would totally say do it and I get that question a lot like people 
you know, I'll just talk to people. And it's even a spouse that's like, hey, I'm thinking about joining the military. And I've actually had a couple other spouse friends who have joined the military. And I'm like, I am so excited for them. To me, I look back, I mean, yeah, there's struggles, but I look back on that time in the military with so much fondness and so many good memories. And I mean, just it, it was such an amazing time. A lifelong friends. I have made lifelong friends. So we just hit our 10 year anniversary <laughs> of basic training. And we started a Facebook group and everyone who was friends with different people from our from our flight was just like adding them in. Our TIs in there. We we're just reminiscing, sharing pictures. I mean, so stinking cool. And just do it, enjoy the ride, use it either as your career or as your vehicle to where you where you want to go. But I I loved my time in the military. Loved it. I got on Facebook after I went to boot camp for my ROTC because I met people all over the country and the only way to like stay connected because I was like, I don't want to do Facebook. And then I went to that and I was like, oh, I'm going to join that Facebook thing. That was a long time ago. That was 2003. So that was a while ago. Thank you so much. It's been really cool to hear about your experience and just to get a little bit of your knowledge and so that we can share with everybody. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun to kind of look back on my time in the military and, you know, just get to share some of those cool memories. So thank you. I've loved it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Military. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing stories I have with women who have served in our military. Did you love the show? Don't forget to leave a review. Finally, if you are a woman who has served or is currently serving in the military, please email me at airmantomom at gmail.com so I can set you up to be on a future episode of Women of the Military.